and welcome to Books, Broads, and Booze. This is your host, Jamie, and I have my co-host today, Monica. Hello, hello. Today we are discussing a really exciting book called Circe by Madeline Miller. Do you want to give a little background of the book, Monica? Well, the book is the story of a daughter of a titan. And it's like her coming of age, actually, I feel like, finding herself as a woman with all of the wonderful tragedies that we expect from <laughs> stories about... <laughs> Greek mythology. Exactly. Yeah. Never, never ends well for women in Greek mythology. Uh, usually it doesn't end well for anybody, generally speaking. They're, they're, they're sort of a downer. I love mythology, though. I love myths. There's a podcast that uh, a coworker, a friend of mine, put me onto. I started listening to it, and I was just like, oh, "Give me more." <laughs> it's definitely super interesting. It's almost like, are these cautionary tales? What morals can I get out of these? But I don't even know. <laughs> right. So, uh, Madeline Miller, her purpose of writing this book was. She wanted to make mythology more accessible to the general uh, population. She took Circe, who was a figure in uh, Odysseus, uh, well, in the Odyssey, uh, and met Odysseus. Sorry about that. The booze is already kicking in. <laughs> it's going to be a long podcast, right? <laughs> However, uh, I... I saw this on several Facebook groups. People were raving about the book. Oh, this book is so great. This book is so great. Uh, so I, I put it on the list. I put it on hold. It came up and I started reading. And I'm like, wow, this is really good. This is better than I thought it would be. It's beautiful. I, I love her style of writing. It's just, I felt like I was there in the story. I was also completely blown away. And one of the really cool things I thought about the book was Cersei, the main character, is a sorceress or a witch. And being very witchy myself, I thought it was very authentic. And also it was really cool to read about that in a in a book, you know. Her potion brewing, mm -hmm. her witchcraft, all the things that she does. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting too. It's like, oh, I bet a lot of witches will really identify with this when I was reading it. <laughs> and, and the way that she handled it was excellent. It was, I mean, of course, I'm not going to be turning anybody into a sea monster. But, Hopefully not. <laughs> you know, the main point of it was putting your force of will into your work. And, and I think that that's an important message for all people to whether you're witchy or not witchy. <laughs> that is very true. Putting your creative self out there, putting you into it, making it genuine, um, that is so what we are all about. Definitely. So uh, Madeline Miller was very kind, and she gave us some discussion questions on her website. In these list of questions, we don't understand exactly what she's asking in some of them. So we're going to do the ones that we like, that we have something to say about. If you want to go on her website and look them up, uh, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so the first question was, Cersei struggles to find a place for herself as a woman in a man's world. Amen, sister. What parts of her experience resonate with modern day challenges that women face? Now... <clears throat> 
I am a mother, Monica is a mother, we are women, and it seems that women are held to a much higher responsibility for raising children. It's sort of like, you need a man to get you pregnant, and that's about all that he does. It was what it really feels like, uh, even when um, my oldest son did not potty train well, and even when he was really struggling with it, other moms would make comments to me, and I'm like, you know what, my my ex-husband was a single dad and potty trained two other children, yet I'm the one being blamed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It, it, it's just, uh, it's my child. He has issues. <laughs> <laughs> but when women uh, look at other women, they judge other women. Uh, women are judged by men. Oh, don't look pro- provocative. Don't be such a prude. It's... Uh, it's, a no win. Yeah, I think it's really hard to be a woman still. And, you know, it's only been a few thousand years. It's no big deal. <laughs> right. And, you know, I thought, too, she struggled in her home with an overbearing father, overbearing uncles. Right. And she was very meek and quiet. And... You know, her struggle was finding her voice and finding her place. And I think all these struggles that she had to go through by herself is what taught her that. Oh, she was really looked down on by her family because of her human voice. So she was she was sort of outcasted for being different than the rest of them, too. Yeah. I <clears throat> just lost my thought. Sorry. Oh, uh, let's talk about the booze that we made today. What do we have? We are having kamikazes. And they are really delicious. They are so refreshing. So we put equal parts of vodka, triple sec, and fresh squeezed lime juice into a martini shaker with lots of ice. Shake it, shake it, shake it till the martini shaker is cold. And we poured it in glasses for sipping because we're not like... Super fancy, no. <laughs> We're doing shots over here either because we want to get to the end of the podcast. So. <laughs> that, that is in the long, long ago realm. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> back to the book. A central theme of Homer's Odyssey is a longing for Nostos, our homecoming. In what ways does that theme resonate with Circe's story? Do you want me to start on this one? Go for it. I wanted to say with this one, so she had a terrible home life. She didn't fit in, so she didn't really feel at home in her home. She really wanted to belong. Right. And she only left because she was forced to. And then I think she learned that you make your own home and you make your own way with the people that you care about and the places that mean a lot to you. And I really feel like even though at first she probably longed to go back to her original home with her family, I think she learned that that wasn't her real home. Right. She so looked up to her father so much, just wanted his love and acceptance, and then realized, you know, basically... He's a jerk, and he's just always going to be a jerk. Yeah, pretty much. How does Cersei's encounter with Prometheus change her? How does it continue to affect her actions? So she, Cersei meets and falls in love with this guy named Galactus, and she provides him with a holy rot-making 
moly rot. I can't. I don't even know. A potion. Yes. <laughs> a magic potion. Making him into a god. And this uh, causes all sorts of havoc. And uh, he tells her that she's going to continue to fall in love with humans. That she's going to be in love with a human. And that, you know, she's going to enhance her witchcrafting skills. Of which, that was... Uh, like the start of the downfall of her story it was sort of like, oh, I'm in love with this guy. Let's make him a god. And he was like, hey, thanks. Hey, you, hot babe over there. Let's hook up. <laughs> yeah, he was a real jerk. Uh, <clears throat> did you, you want to yeah. talk about what happened? Well, the other thing with Prometheus that I thought was she, she was impressed by the fact that he owned up to what he did on purpose, giving fire to, to humans. humans. Yeah. And I think that him suffering his punishment, having his liver eaten over and over and over again, made her think that there are certain things that are worth sacrificing yourself for. So I think that he, that was kind of like a little foreshadowing moment for her. I don't know. It affected her greatly. It didn't. She she never admitted to giving him what, what was it? Was, it? it was um it was the flowers that grew from the blood of a Titan. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So that was that was part of how she got banished. Right. Put onto this island in the middle of nowhere. So then uh, it says that throughout the novel, Cersei draws distinctions between gods and mortals. How does Galactus change when he becomes a god? So uh, pretty much he just becomes a jerk. And he's all about this nymph. I don't know how to say her name. Yeah. Scalia. I don't know. Scylla. Scylla. Yes, Scylla. Yeah. Uh, and then... Cersei, of course, becomes super jealous and was like, you're now this really ugly monster of the sea. <laughs> and she regrets it. So note to self, <laughs> acting in jealousy usually ends in tragedy. And usually you're jealous for no reason because I guarantee you it wasn't worth it. <laughs> it she feels really bad about it. She tries to rectify it and it just doesn't go out so i have a good friend who always tells me never to put a lot of negative energy out into the universe because you don't want it coming back to haunt you and so i think in this case it was like cersei really should talk to my friend first (laughs) yeah i'm thinking so (laughs) oh so uh Next up, I don't like the way that some of these questions were in order. And uh, I I wrote them down weird. So I went five, seven, six. And I don't even really like the order that they're in. So that's, that's all right. So uh, question number five, though. Seriously wonders if parents can ever see their children clearly. See, this is why I'm like, it's, I feel like it's out of order. Because she doesn't have her son until after her sisters had 
her child and then after she's um, had her time with Dalius. So uh, I think maybe we should do those ones first. So her sister, I don't know how to say her name. Pacifé? Pacifé, I believe, yeah. Begins the novel as a major antagonist. Oh, she is so mean. She's so terrible. And her and her brother are so close, and she feels like she's best friends with her brother, and then they sort of grow up and leave the house, and now her brother's this big jerk, and her sister's like, you can come and leave your island. I got permission for you to leave. I'm having this baby, and I need your help. This monster baby (laughs) that I need you to help me cage. (laughs) <laughs> because I need to be famous and the gods love their monsters. Right. <laughs> so it's half bull, half human, minotaur. Yeah. And uh, it's her and this guy, uh, Dalius. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're supposed to be at the birth and in charge and they're supposed to work together and take this baby and then somehow contain it underneath the island of Crete. It's a little bit crazy, but I mean it's Greek mythology. They do they do some weird crap. Yeah. But she she becomes uh emotionally entangled with Dalius. Yes. Like they have they have a thing going on and she, her sister has the baby, she goes back to her island, and then she starts a fling with Hermes because, I mean, why not at this point, right? So right. He's the, he's the messenger god, so he can go wherever the hell he likes, and he and her don't have a relationship. They don't have a fondness for each other. There's, like, not a lot of emotions going on, but she's just kind of lonely. She's looking for information. She's looking for some companionship, and she's willing to be like, yeah, you know, this is fine. And as long as she doesn't care about him, <coughs> then he's perfectly interested in her. But she knows right. the minute she loves him or even cares about him, he'll never come back. Yeah. And how many people do we know like that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That That is something that I think is pretty common. It's like, oh, I want to be in this relationship with you, but I don't want it to be too complicated. And if you get all needy on me, then I'm going to be out of here. It's like, oh, I know men and women both that way. Yeah. So she's having a good time with Hermes, and then she finds out that Dalius and his son tried to fly away. He or his son, gets too close to the sun. Icarus. Icarus. His mm-hmm. wings melt, and then he falls and dies, and Dalius is really upset about it, and so then he dies as well. And then Cersei's like, wow, that is really a bummer story. Thanks a lot, Hermes. That sucks. Yeah, and I think she really did care about him a great deal, and so that was probably kind of a loss for her. It was probably the one good thing that came out of her visit with her sister. I think it was because mm-hmm. uh, her sister, I thought, was still really a terrible person even after she was like, hey, I need you to deal with this life or death situation for this cute guy over here. Right. Uh, 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 yeah, she was icky. Great gods suck. I mean, pretty much. They, they all do. So then, uh, 
Oh, so, oh, it talks here. Cersei begins the novel feeling very close to her brother. 80s? 80s? 80s, 80s. You know, I, I looked these all up to pronounce them, and then... <sighs> Alas. Also, I did, too, and I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I can read it in my head really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, why do their paths diverge so wildly? Why do you think he makes her, makes the choices he does? So, he leaves to become king of an island. His little necromancy island. Yeah. Wherever. It's, it's, a, little, it's a little weird. He's hooked up with some hot chick apparently and uh he's more concerned about having his own life and being out of his father's shadow he doesn't really care about any of his previous family he's just sort of like i'm in my own world i'm the king life's good uh everybody else can suck it i really don't care and i think with cersei she actually genuinely loved him and she cares for people and maybe it's not just her human voice maybe she is a little more human in her feelings where her brothers and sisters are all about what can i get what power can i have what can i do and so i think that's like the beginning of the downfall of the relationship with her brother that she felt close to and then also her brother and sister who she never really had a relationship with right yeah it's kind of sad yeah ah so then uh odysseus shows up and he's not there a whole long time was it two years yeah and then uh he talks about his wife all the time and how great she is. And uh, Cersei really recognizes parts of herself in her. I'm trying to I'm trying to look here. Yeah, I think she does too. And Penelope weaves. And that was one of the cool things, the best thing she has on the island that she got from her true love was this loom that he made right and i think that was the beginning of a you know we are just women here kind of thing and cersei's like interest in her i think so did i skip part of the story isn't isn't there the the medea chick that was sort of like the niece of hers who was misbehaving and the gods were angry at her and they sent her there to sort of serve her penance and then suddenly she's being inundated with all these goddesses. I forgot about that part. She was all alone on the island and then she's like the home for wayward teenage goddesses. (laughs) And she just is like Stay out of my way. This is not the company I wanted. Like, I don't want to be alone, but I don't want to be with these women. i like, oh, they're the worst. I'm like, I am not some sort of rehabilitation center for your daughters. Just knock it off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, so she, she then uh, has met Odysseus. He leaves, and then she reveals, da-da-da, she's with child. Oh my goodness. Yes. And what really annoys me is that Odysseus' son, 
And her son's names are so similar. Yes. I That annoyed me, too. I had to just go by my gut instincts, which one I was reading about. Telemachus is her son, or his son with Penelope. He's the oldest. And then Telegus is the son that Cersei has. Oh, and Cersei, dude, like, you know who his other child is. Why would you choose a name so close? I mean, like, seriously, I was like, oh, Madeline Miller, oh, why would you do this to me? So, she she has her son. They live on the island. She's teaching him the witchcraft. Uh, of which he has no interest in. Right. He's like, oh, this is lame. And then terrible things keep happening. And she's like, I don't know what's going on, but I think there's a god involved in this. And then uh, come to find out it's Athena, who I was really surprised uh, how much I did not like Athena. I thought Athena really sucked in this book. <laughs> yeah, she was definitely not nice. I mean, even more so than you would expect from a god or goddess. She was pretty nasty. A lot of other books that I read really revere her because of her wisdom and her logic and just her being, you know, sort of grounded and thought and not just sort of feeling reacting like so many gods in Greek mythology do. They're just sort of like, oh no, this happened and so I react. And like, oh hey, you're really pretty. Bam, you're now a child. And like, I didn't want that. Uh, no. So yeah, so I was really surprised that Athena was just this sort of bitchy chick. Yeah. yeah. I was like, ooh, I, I don't like you and she's like there's this prophecy and uh he just needs to die because like i need telemachus to be king of some island basically is what it was right Right. so she shrouds the island from anybody able to find it except for messengers because apparently messengers can find anything which i find crazy but well i think what it was is the magic that she used to hide the island was from um the underworld and hermes is a god of the underworld so he was able to cross the barrier which was cool i like how she put those details in there yeah oh um do we want to talk about the first set of sailors that showed up to the island that she turned into pigs yeah Yeah, we can talk about that. Or we could just mention that she 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 learns these, you know, tricks and then when Odysseus shows up, she sort of like does the same thing. He convinces her, "We're not like those other sailors." And she's like, "All right, you can have your men back. We won't eat them." Yeah. But <clears throat> oh, I don't know the answer to some of these questions, so let's move on. Oh, uh, Cersei says to Telemachus, so, uh, Telegasus decides he wants to meet his dad, and he decides to leave the island, and Cersei's like, oh, this is terrible, I'm not happy about this, but... You won't uh, be safe out there in the world without me. Yeah, but you're a grown person, fine, go ahead, uh, here's this 
super scary spear with this uh, poison that could kill a god on it. So, good luck. And he sails off to go find his dad. And that doesn't go well. Basically, he fulfills Athena's prophecy and kills his own father. With his brother watching, luckily. So what had happened is Odysseus, over the course of his returning from Troy and all of his struggles, he wasn't acclimating well to home life. He was searching for bandits around every corner and missions he could go on and things that he could do. And so when he comes ashore and he sees who he doesn't know is his son, he thinks he's someone there who's trying to take what's his and they end up struggling and he cuts himself on this God killing spear and dies. So luckily, you know, his brother sees this happen, knows it wasn't his fault, but regardless, he did fulfill the, the prophecy and Athena is not happy. Right. Yep. So, Telemachus has the choice. Society dictates that you killed my father, so I therefore must kill you, and then I can become king and live in this glorious palace. Or I can be like, oh, I am so tired with living that life. I just don't want to do it anymore. Hey, dude, where are you from? And uh, let's just, like, go grab my mom and hit the road. <laughs> right. So they do. They they sail back to this shrouded island that's in the middle of nowhere that nobody can find. And they all get along. Which is very bizarre. So right. it's, it's sort of like I first the, wife, second wife meet. <laughs> but the coolest thing was when Cersei lets Penelope use her loom. And she leaves it really kind of up in the air and she's like, well, you know, using another woman's loom is kind of like... And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but they do... You know, and it's very guarded and they're all, you know, is, some, is this one going to kill me? Are we going to kill each other? What's going to happen here? But really this whole story comes out and it was this horrible thing and totally everybody understands each other and they're all kind of on the same side, which is really like the only time during this whole book <laughs> where there was any kind of, you know, loyalty to each other, which I thought was kind of cool. It was, it, mm -hmm. it was pretty nice. So Cersei is really confused. She's like, I don't understand why you would give up this life. I don't understand why you guys left. Uh, and which, which is uh, kind of surprising coming from her because she's basically at this time like, God suck and I am so done with them already. Yeah. And then Athena shows up and she was like, I need someone to be king of my island now. And uh, she offers it to Telemachus and Telemachus is like, dude, I had that choice and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't I saw what my dad had to go through. I saw what kind of person he became being king. It was not pretty, and it was not cool, and he kind of went crazy, and then he killed himself, so I passed. And so she turns to Odysseus's other son, who Cersei was so overly protective of, and, and he was so sheltered that all he wants to do is go out into the world. So to him, it is she, Cersei knows it when she sees the look in his eyes. He totally wants to go. 
You know, he's like, get me out of here. He's like, five minutes, I'll have my bags packed, I'll yeah. meet you at the dock, let's let's hit the road. Yeah. <laughs> Cersei's really sad and hurt by it, but then she's like, but that Telemachus guy is kind of hot, <laughs> so like, maybe this will work out. And, you know, it kind of goes back to her, you know, her not liking her home and finding her place and she really she really likes this guy and this is different I think than all the other romantic relationships that she has and she actually finds a sense of belonging with somebody he he wanted her not because she was a goddess but he wanted her for her and he he didn't want the intrigue that comes with running a kingdom and all of that. And she always wanted the simpler things too. And so it was like perfect. So they, they go off on this boat to try to rectify her past regrets with Scylla. Scylla. Mm -hmm. And, uh, He's like, do we really have to do this? And she's like, don't take my regret from me, Telemachus. And and uh, she she throws out her her magic potion. I don't remember what it's called, and uh, it doesn't work. And she's really sad. She's like, oh, now I have to turn her into stone because she's killing all these people. So she. Turns her into stone, and they're they're like, all right, well, that's a bit of a bummer. Back to the island we go. Yeah, and I think that that she is such a good person, and it's a, and she is so much more human than any of the other gods, and that's what makes her human is her regret that she can't just say oh like nobody really cared that she did it nobody really cared to save Scylla nobody cared about Scylla they were right. just like oh she used to be so pretty and now she's so ugly ha 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 right. so and you know that regret defined Cersei's whole life and and her decisions from that point forward on the kind of person she wanted to be and I think she never really did get over not being able to make that right. And I think that a lot of people in real life, you know, myself included, everybody has these regrets that you can't, it's not like TV, it's not like movies, you can't really make up for them. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to not do that again. <laughs> and some of us have it on like uh, a more regular basis than others, like, uh, I have somewhat socially awkward children, and at a birthday party, uh, a friend of my child said, happy birthday, and he said, you too. And, and so then some of us have, like, we replay these conversations in our heads saying, why did I say that? Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> now I look like an idiot to this person. I'm like, oh, right. So... We all have regrets. Some of, some of them are big and some of them are small and some of them like haunt me still from like 20 years ago. I'm like, seriously, why do I still think of that? God, oh, that's so stupid. So then at the, we're going to wrap up the book. So at the end then, Cersei's like, all right, I got this hot guy that I'm all over and uh, I've taken care of Scylla. 
uh, I don't really want to stay on this island forever, though. We want to have some freedom. So she she calls up her dad. Trying to look Helios. Just, Helios. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's sort of like, um, blackmails him. Yeah, Yeah, she (laughs) wants her banishment to be over, and he's like, your banishment is for eternity. And she's like, hmm, how about this? How about I go to Zeus, and I tell Zeus about how you and all your other little titan buddies talk about him, and he's like, oh my god, that's going to start a war. And she's like, oh, and also, Prometheus, you remember him? Well, I helped him when, you know, he was held prisoner before, you know, he got taken to have his liver eaten by the eagle, like... I helped him out, too. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to be in so much trouble. And she's like, or you could just lift my banishment. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so total role reversal from the meek little daughter that she always was. Right. So she sort of realizes, I know who I'm dealing with. And I have seen how they deal with each other. And this is what I need to do to be able to take care of me and I think it's sort of like a self-realization. What do I want? What are my goals? How am I going to get there? How am I going to deal with this difficult obstacle and this jackass in charge of it? And oh. She definitely gained a lot of strength by this point in the book. For she sure. has gone through hundreds of years of therapy with <laughs> a really good therapist. I mean, well, maybe that was just me, but yeah. <laughs> So then uh, she decides at the very end to make a magic potion to turn her into a human. Because she's like, I have so had it with all these gods. Ugh, they're nothing but trouble. And I think that was really nice because that was sort of like the author's way of saying this is why there aren't, you know, thousands of stories about Cersei. Like, she's got a couple of roles in the Odyssey, she has these interactions with Odysseus. I mean, she held him captive for two years, but then that was it. And then she ended up getting married and having a couple daughters and living a simple life. So sometimes it's like, you know, be careful what you wish for. You know, she turned that mortal into a god and it basically ruined him. And then she turned herself into a mortal in order to have a happy life. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything else in the book that you want to talk about? Any other themes or events that happened that bothered you? Or I just, I felt like Cersei as a mother, being so overwhelmed with her only child who was horrible and screamed all the time, and she had to do it all by herself. And um, I really feel like I could relate to this character that it's hard to be a woman it's hard to be a mother um it's hard to be a witch (laughs) you know it's hard to stand up for yourself it's hard to be authentic and some people never can really do it and so it was a story that teaches you that it is important to do I think I I agree I I felt it was sort of an empowering story, even though it's a Greek Greek myth, because typically these things don't end well. I mean, everybody is sort of like, oh, the woman is raped and then killed, and then you never hear from them again. Right. And so I thought it was nice that it was beautifully written. It had a lot of 
action and things happening. There, it wasn't super long. I mean, it was a fairly quick read, and it held my attention. I thought it was engaging, and then um, at the end, I was satisfied with the end of the story. I was like, oh, that that ended a lot better than I thought it would. This is not where I thought it was going. I thought things would not end well for anyone, and like the star-crossed lovers would be kept imprisoned from each other for eternity or something similar to that because Because it's a Greek mythology (laughs) and that's how things roll with Greek mythology. So No, it's definitely, definitely a great book. Two thumbs up. We hope you check it out. Uh, Any parting thoughts? No, just have a great day. Thank you all so much. Have a wonderful evening and we will... Talk to you again next month. Cheers.